وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ أَنْ يَقْتُلَ مُؤْمِنًا إِلَّا خَطَأَ And never is it for a believer to kill a believer except by mistake. وَمَا كَانَ What does it mean by مَا كَانَ? It is not allowed for a believer to kill another believer. It's not possible. It doesn't befit a believing individual to kill another Muslim. It doesn't behoove him. It doesn't befit him. It's not correct for him. It's not allowed for him. To do what? أَيَّقْتُلَ مُؤْمِنًا That he kills a believer. إِلَّا except خَطَأً As a mistake. As an accident. Unintentionally. خَطَأً From the root letters خَا طَا هَمْزَ In the previous verses, we learned about the confusion that the Muslims were in. That if there is a Muslim who comes fighting against us, what are we supposed to do? If we kill him, then we are killing a Muslim. And if we don't kill him, then we are sparing an enemy. So what are we supposed to do? So after explaining their situation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes, makes it very clear that this doesn't mean that you consider the life of a Muslim to be ordinary. That you consider Muslim blood to be very cheap. So just because you have a dispute with another individual, or you fear threat from him, or you feel that he is insincere to you, that you go and kill him. No, it's not allowed for a Muslim to kill another Muslim. The only situation where it is acceptable is where it was an accident. إِلَّا خَطَأً Remember there's two types of murder. And by the way, we're not talking about legal punishments over here. That's a different case. Okay? This is murder. That when a person is not authorized, is not allowed to take the life of the other individual, and the only situation where he's authorized is when the other is guilty of a crime and is punishable according to the judgment, according to the ruling of the court. That's a different story. So over here, When a person is not allowed to take the life of the other individual, but he does it, but he takes it, he kills him anyway. And there are two kinds of qatl. The first kind of qatl is that which is deliberate. Qatl amad. That qatl, that murder which is deliberate. Meaning a person intentionally, deliberately goes and kills another. What's the punishment for that? We learned about it in Surah Al-Baqarah. Qisas. Which is that? That the person who killed deliberately should be killed as punishment. Because if he took the life of another individual, then his life should be taken away as well. If you keep him behind bars for 20 years, eventually he'll be out. And behind the bars, he's still watching television, he's still you know, making friends or eating food or whatever. Is that fair? He deprived another individual of his life. He took his life away. Putting the murderer behind bars is not justice. So anyway, the one who kills another deliberately, intentionally, because it's not a small crime. This is why the punishment is also not small. It's very severe. That's qisas. The other kind of qatl is unintentional, meaning accidental murder. And that is known as قتل خطأ Accidental murder That where a person had no intention to kill the other individual But he killed him Musa alayhi salam He was helping a man 
fight another man. So what happened? Musa alayhi salam, he just punched him. And Musa alayhi salam's punch was not ordinary. So when he punched him, the other man fell dead. He fell dead. It was accidental murder. And we hear about so many stories where a person just, you know, was in a fight or something, hit the other, punched him or pushed him and he didn't realize the other person whom he pushed, he fell over the building or the window or whatever and he died as a result. Or friends were playing and one pushed the other in the water and the other drowned. It's qatl khata. If you think about it, his death was caused by the mistake of his friend. Alright? It was accidental. He didn't intend to kill him. It was an accidental murder. But just because it was an accident doesn't mean that killer will be excused. You understand? If you think about it, when you have a car accident, okay? An accident is called an accident for a reason. You don't deliberately go and hit somebody else's car. But still, don't you have to suffer the consequences? Don't you? Yeah, sometimes it means that you have to pay for their car. Or you have to pay for whatever they have suffered. Or you have to lose some demerit points or whatever. You have to pay a fine. You get a ticket. Isn't that what happens? I've always found it difficult to accept. But why? I mean, nobody goes and hits the other person's car deliberately. Why is such a person charged? I mean, put yourself in the situation of that individual. That he wouldn't go and deliberately hit somebody's car. It was an accident. But still, why does he have to suffer consequences? Why? Because the other suffered because of him. And when the other individual suffered because of him, he has to pay back. Remember that when someone suffers because of you, or when you take advantage of someone else, then you have to pay them back. You have to suffer the consequences. This is just like when the Prophet ﷺ, he sent two companions of his to find water once when they were traveling. And those two companions, they went looking for water, they couldn't find anything until they met a woman who was coming on her camel and she had two water bags hanging from the either side of her camel. And they asked her, where's the water? How far is it? She said, 24 hours away. I started yesterday at this time. 24 hours journey from here. So those companions said to that woman, then come with us to the Prophet ﷺ. So she went. She didn't have an option. She went with those two men. And when she got there, the Prophet ﷺ asked that woman to come down from her camel. And then he asked for a container. And he put some water from those water bags into the container. And then he closed the water bags from one side and he opened them from the other. And when he opened them from the other, he told the people, come and drink and also give to drink to your animals. So everyone drank. They fed their animals from only two water bags. Okay? Only two water bags. Everyone drank. And there was a man who needed to take a bath. The Prophet ﷺ gave him a container full of water. Go pour it on yourself. Go take a bath as well. And that woman was just standing there in shock. What's happening? They're going to finish my water. There's so many people. An entire army is drinking and feeding their animals. So everything happened. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he returned the bags to the woman. And the Sahaba, they said that when they saw the bags, it seemed that they were fuller than before. This was a miracle. They were fuller than before. And the Prophet ﷺ said to the woman, you know that we have not reduced your water at all. And then he said to the companions, gather something for her. You have used her water, so gather something for her. 
So what did they do? They brought ajwa, ajwa dates, the best dates, flour, as well as cereal. Everything they collected, put it in a cloth, tied up that cloth, and they helped that woman mount her camel, and they put that bag full of food in front of her. And they thanked her. So in the story, what do we see? That when you benefit from someone, even if you don't reduce what they have slight bit, still you have to benefit them in return. Likewise, if someone suffers because of us, our mistake, our mistake, it was our wrongdoing, but still they suffered. Yes, you didn't do it deliberately, but the other individual suffered and you cannot ignore their suffering. So then you have to pay them back for it. Alright? This is just like Adam a.s. He made a mistake in listening to shaitan. But he had to suffer the consequences, right? So just like that, if a Muslim kills another individual, another believer, even by accident, then there is punishment for it. What is that punishment? It is mentioned in this verse. The Prophet ﷺ said, It is unlawful for you to shed the blood of one another. It is not allowed for you to shed the blood of one another. The lives of one of you are sacred. And he said this at the time of Hajjat al-Wada'ah. The property of one another. They are as unlawful as shedding blood on such a day as today. And in such a month as this haram month. And in such a sanctified city as this sacred city. It was Makkah at Hajj that the Prophet ﷺ said the statement. So just as you respect this place, you respect this time, you respect this day, likewise you have to respect the life of another believer as well. So it's not allowed for a believer to kill another believer. وَمَنْ قَتَلَ مُؤْمِنًا خَطَأً And whoever kills a believer accidentally, he intended to shoot you know, the target, but accidentally he shot his friend. He was reversing the car. That's what was in his mind. That's what he intended to do. But in reality, he was accelerating. He thought he was going backwards, but he was going forwards. And as he went forwards, what happened? There was a person who was crossing before him and he hit him. Right? And he thought he was hitting the brakes, but in fact he was hitting gas. And instead of stopping the car, he ended up running over the other individual, killing him. Doesn't it happen? It happens. Accidental. Accidental murder. But it is wrong. Yes, you didn't do it deliberately, but someone has suffered. So for that, what do you have to do? First of all, فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ تَحْرِيرُ Setting free from the root letters harara hur. Remember the word hur? Al-hurru bil-hurri. What does it mean? A free person. So tahrir to make free, to set free. You have to set free raqabatin, a neck that is mu'minatin, believing. Meaning a believing neck, the neck of a believing individual that is tied up, that is locked up, you have to set it free. In other words, you have to free a Muslim slave. Why a Muslim slave? Because a Muslim man was killed. So you have to free a Muslim life. Again, it's not their fault. They have made arrangements for your security and safety. They have set the rules. But if you did not follow the rules properly, you got a little too hyper and excited and you went deep into the water where you weren't supposed to go and you drowned because of that, it's not their fault. 
it was your fault. Okay? So when a contract has been signed that they are not going to take any responsibility, it's at your own risk that you're going, then you are responsible. They are not responsible. Okay? Unless there is some evidence to show that yes, it was their fault. So for example, a team of investigators, they come and they find out that no, they said that there was you know, a railing or a bar or whatever, but it wasn't really in place. So they are at fault. That's a different situation. Okay? So the first thing that has to be done is that تَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ Secondly, وَدِيَةٌ and blood money. دِيَةٌ, blood money. It's from the root letters, وَدَيَّدِيُّ is the flowing of water. So when you cause the blood of someone to flow, meaning someone has been killed, then there is a fine for that. There is a fine for that. So dia is the compensation that will be given to the family of the person who has been killed. So wadiyatun, blood money, that is musallamatun. What does it mean by musallamatun? Muslim. Who is Muslim? One who? Submits. So musallamatun, one that is surrendered, one that is submitted, meaning completely handed over to who? Ila ahlihi, to his family. The family of who? The one who has been killed. Illa except they give it up as charity. Yasaddaqu from sadaqa. That they give it up as charity. They say it's okay. So for example, two friends, best friends, they went together somewhere and one accidentally killed the other. Now he comes with the blood money to the family, apologizing to them and also gives the blood money. And they say that you are also like our son and we know that you would never do this deliberately. It's okay. And they can forgive all of it, they can forgive part of it, it's up to them. And they can also take 100% of it. Alright, they have the option. And musallamatun, one meaning is completely handed over. The other meaning is that it should be sound. So for example, if the blood money is being given in the form of, let's say, livestock. So for example, camels. All those camels should not be sick and aged, that they're useless. No, sound. Likewise, money. It's not counterfeit. Okay? But it's actually correct. The blood money, what is it? What is it? Remember that there are different opinions concerning the blood money. But basically what has to be seen is that what is conventional? What is ma'roof? So for example, these days it is said that the blood money is around a hundred camels. Okay? A hundred camels. One camel is approximately five thousand dollars. Okay, could be less, could be more, depending on the kind of the camel. So imagine 100 times that. Now who has to pay the blood money? The murderer? The murderer? Not just him, but his family, his clan, his immediate relatives, especially from the father's side. Because they all take their responsibility. Alright? Because like we learned earlier, that we are, Muslims are like what? Like one body. So if someone makes a mistake, you know, there is an accident, then we don't just abandon him over there, we help him come out of that situation as well. He harms someone unintentionally, he didn't want to do that deliberately, so you have to help your brother as well. This is just like if the son gets into an accident, he doesn't have the money to pay, then who will pay for him? His father, right? His uncle, his brother, his older brother, whoever can, they will gather up money together in order to help their son. So likewise, the entire family is going to help 
the relative of theirs who has committed this qatl khata. Now, we see over here that two things have to be done. Two things have to be done. Freeing a slave as well as offering the blood money. Blood money, understandable. That you have to do it. Why? Because you caused the other harm. You caused the family harm. You caused the family great loss. Why free a slave? Because when a person has murdered someone, they haven't just harmed people, they have also disobeyed Allah. They have also accumulated sin. They have also gained sin. So they have to erase that. They have to please Allah as well. So to make up for the harm caused to the other, give the blood money. But for the disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it was unintentional, but it was still disobedience, the sin that the person has accumulated, to remove that, the slave will be freed. فَإِن كَانَ Now there is a situation, which is that if this person was مِنْ قَوْمٍ from a people who is عَدُوِّ لَكُمْ an enemy to you. وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ And he is a believer. Who is a believer? There are two ways to understand this. The first way is that the murdered person, the maqtool, the one who has been killed, he is from an enemy. And obviously when he's from the enemy, he's not a Muslim. But who's a Muslim? وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ The qatil is a believer. You understand? The qatil is a believer. Didn't this happen so many times that you know a Muslim man accidentally killed some mushrikeen? Right? We have heard so many stories in the seerah where a Muslim man accidentally killed a mushrik person. Accidents happen. So in this case, what will be done? Allah says, فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ Then only the freeing of what? A believing slave. Then the blood money will not be given. Why? Because if you give the blood money, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're at war with them. What's going to happen? They're going to become more strong against you. The second way of understanding this is, and this is a stronger way, this is a more conventional, more, this is the majority opinion, that the murdered person is living, was from the enemy, he didn't do hijrah, okay, and he was a believer. He is a Muslim, he is a believer. وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ So in this case, yes, the Muslim slave will be freed, And again, the blood money will not be given. Why? Because if the blood money is given to his non-Muslim relatives, then what will happen? That money will be used against the Muslims. وَإِن كَانَ And if he was, meaning the murdered person, مِنْ قَوْمٍ from a people, بَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَهُمْ مِيثَاقٌ Between you and between them is a treaty. What treaty? A treaty of peace, that you're not going to war against each other. فَدِيَةٌ Then in that case, yes. Dia, the blood money, will be musallamatun, will be handed over. It will be given. Ila ahlihi, to his family. Why? Because they're not at war with you. وَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ And also the freeing of a believing slave. A question was asked that if a person cannot find a slave to free, so for example these days, then what is he going to do? Okay, he can pay the blood money, but what about the sin that he has gained? He has earned. What about that? Allah says, فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ So whoever cannot find. Cannot find who? A slave to free. Whether he cannot find a slave, or he cannot find the means to free a slave. Because freeing a slave means buying and setting free. That's a lot of money. 
So if someone cannot afford that, or someone cannot find a slave, then what should he do? فَصِيَامُ Then fasting, how long? شَهْرَيْنِ Two months. Two months, dual of shahr. How? What kind of fasting of two months? Mutatabi'ain Consecutively, without a break in the middle. Mutatabi'ain dual of mutatabi' From tatabur. Taba'ain taba'a is to follow. Tatabur is to follow one after the other, without a gap in the middle. So, two months consecutively, that person has to fast. Why? To remove the sin that he has earned. As tawbatan. Min Allah, tawbah from Allah, meaning in seeking acceptance of repentance from Allah. He will do this so that Allah will accept his repentance. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا And Allah is ever knowing and wise. What does this mean? That if He has given this ruling, then in that case, if Allah has given this ruling, then what does it mean? That it's the best ruling, it's the best law, it's the best decision. And if you think about it, blood money is really something that is best in the case of murder. Think about the person who has committed the murder accidentally. You know, if you hit somebody's car, if you break someone's dish, how do you feel? Horrible. Isn't it? You feel horrible. Why? Because you destroyed someone's dish. You destroyed someone's car. You feel horrible. You say, you apologize to them. You say that I'll fix it. I'll do something to fix it. I'll make up for it somehow. You know, if you have destroyed their china, you will try to find something that's very similar. You will try to make up for it. Why? Because you have a heavy heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what people go through. This is why He has given them a way out of that awful feeling as well. That give the blood money and also free a slave. Remove the burden from your heart. Yes, it was a mistake. And sorry is just a word. But Allah has given us ways through which we can make up for the loss that we have caused to others. وَمَن يَقْتُلْ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا And whoever kills a believer deliberately. مُتَعَمِّدًا Remember the word amad? What does that mean? قَتْلْ amadis. Deliberate murder. If someone kills another believer deliberately, takes up, you know, a gun or a knife or a dagger, whatever, and he deliberately kills him, deliberately shoots him, wants to kill him, then this person, Allah says, فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمُ His recompense is hellfire. His recompense is hellfire. What about his declaration of faith? And what about his salah? And what about his hajj? And what about so many good deeds that he's done? Nothing is going to benefit him. فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمُ Everything is washed off. His recompense is hellfire. خَالِدًا فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. This crime has erased all of his good deeds. He will be abiding therein eternally. وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And Allah is angry with him. Allah will be very upset with him. And when Allah is angry with a person, then there's no refuge for him. No mercy for him. No way out for him. وَلَعَنَهُ And Allah has cursed him, distanced him from his mercy. وَأَعَدَّ لَهُ عَذَابًا عَظِيمًا And has prepared for him a great punishment. This is the punishment for what? قَتْلْ عَمَدْ Deliberate murder. Look at the punishment that's mentioned in this ayah. What is it? First of all, first of all, in this ayah, what do we see? 
جہنم فجزا جہنم ہاؤ لانگ اوس ڈے ان ہیل فائر فار ایور خالی دن فیح سیکنڈلی وہ غضب اللہ علیہ اللہ اینگر اینڈ تھرڈلی لعن اللہ فورتھلی عذاب العظیمہ اے گریٹ پنشمنٹ واٹ ڈز شو ٹو اس دیٹ کلنگ سم ون ڈیلیبریٹلی از ناٹ اے مائنر سین اٹس اے میجر سین اٹس آف دا گریٹسٹ آف سینس اٹس آف دا میجر آف سینس And according to some scholars, if a person kills another deliberately, there is no tawbah for him even. Ibn Abbas was of the opinion that such a person is forever in hellfire, never coming out. Even if he tries to say sorry, it's not going to be accepted. He was so firm based on this ayah. But other scholars said, no, if he repents, if he seeks forgiveness from Allah, if he changes his ways, if he does tawbah, then there is forgiveness for him. Because in Surah Al-Furqan we learn, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَدْعُونَ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرْ وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ That they don't kill another individual. And then Allah says, that إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ Except for the one who repents. وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا And he performs good deeds as well. So according to some scholars, someone who kills another deliberately, no repentance, no forgiveness for him. And according to others, there is forgiveness if he repents. And it's up to Allah to accept his repentance or to refuse his repentance. So do not take the crime of murder easily. It's not something small. But unfortunately, we use such words so easily. I feel like killing him. I'm going to kill you. Be careful about what you say. Because words lead to action. Many criminals today, if you look at their history, were they very violent people? Not necessarily. Many of them were what? Very reserved, very quiet, and just all of a sudden they turn out to be murderers, assassins literally. So be careful about your words, about your thoughts. Never let this thought even cross your mind that you're going to take a weapon against another person and kill him. Never even think about that. Be very careful. Watch your thoughts. Because they become your beliefs. And then they translate into your actions. It's not a small crime. It's something that will lead a person to hellfire. Yes. Yes. Because he repented. Right? Allah accepted his repentance. Remember the story of that man who had killed a hundred people, who killed 99 initially, wanted to repent, went to a man, he said, you will never be forgiven. So he killed him as well. So he made it a hundred. And then what happened? He went to somebody else and he told him, leave this place, repent to Allah, go somewhere else. And he was on his way when the angel of death came. And then what happened? That two kinds of angels came, right? Those who come to collect the evil soul and those who come to collect the righteous soul. Both of them came. And there was an argument between them. Both claimed the soul of the person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, measure the distance that he has traveled. If the distance that he has traveled away from that evil place is more, okay, compared to the distance that is left, that he has to cross to get to the place where he intends to go, then he should go with the righteous ones. And if that distance is short, He has only taken a few steps away from there. Then let the other angels take it. So what happened? Allah caused the earth to expand. 
Allah caused the earth to expand so that distance would be more, so that this person's tawbah was accepted. Yes. Yeah, people kill others for the smallest of reasons, whether it's honor killing, right? That just because a man feels that his daughter or his niece or his wife is interested in another man, that she's looking at him or that she's talking to him, they will go and assassinate that girl. And they will go and kill that man as well. Likewise, men will rape a woman and accuse her of zina and will kill her. Instead of killing the rapists, they will kill the woman who has been raped. So this is what? Qatl amat. She was not guilty. This is zulm. And those who kill others unjustly, without any right, look at the consequence of such people. She's mentioning a story about a woman who always threatened her daughter that if you lose this, if you lose that, I'm going to kill you. And then one day the daughter was afraid to go home. So the teacher asked her, why aren't you going? She said, if I go, my mom's going to kill me. So the teacher called the police. She called the cops on her. So be careful about what you say. Even if you don't mean it, but be careful. Because you can come to that stage where you actually follow your words. Your words impact you so much that you end up doing what you say to yourself. In a hadith we learn, Abu Bakr who said, that I have heard the Messenger of Allah saying that when two Muslims fight with each other, with their swords, two Muslims raise weapons against one another, then both the murderer as well as the murdered will go to the hellfire. The qatil and the maqtul, the one who managed to kill the other and the one who got killed, both will go to hellfire. So Abu Bakr, he said, Oh Allah's Messenger, it's alright for the murderer, okay, the one who killed the other, understandable that he killed someone, so he goes to hellfire. But what about the one who was murdered? He was killed. What about him? So he replied, he had the intention to kill his companion. He had the intention to kill his companion. So when he had that resolve to kill the other believer, he's equally responsible. He failed at that attempt, but he is still responsible. So this is something that we have to be very, very careful about. Killing Muslims, killing other people is not something small. We don't have the right to take the life of another individual. Even when it comes to non-Muslims, you can't just go kill them randomly. Only when it's at war. That's a different story. right? We see that in Makkah, the Muslims were not allowed to fight against the mushrikeen. Even the mushrikeen were persecuting the Muslims day in and day out. They were not allowed to raise any arms against the mushrikeen. Why? Because they were not at war at that time. Later on, when war was declared, when the mushrikeen were coming, army upon army against the Muslims, that's when they would fight them. So be very careful. Guard your thoughts. Guard your words. Because the consequences of this crime are very serious. Recitation. وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ أَن يَقْتُلَ مُؤْمِنًا إِلَّا خَطَأً وَمَن قَتَلَ مُؤْمِنًا خَطَأً فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ وَدِيَةٌ مُسَلَّمَةٌ وَدِيَةٌ مُسَلَّمَةٌ إِلَى أَهْلِهِ صَدَّقُوا فَإِن كَانَ مِن قَوْمٍ عَدُوٍّ لَّكُمْ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ 